episode 222 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Janelle. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. Like playing Pit. Playing Pit. Oh, Pit. Remember that game, Pit? We've talked about it on the show. Probably so. Not probably. Definitely. Well, definitely welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. How you guys doing? Hope all is well. P.S. We're excited to talk to you this week. We are. And I hope that you guys have been telling people in a fun way that you'll smoke them like a pack of Marlboros. (laughs) We didn't get any fights this week. I know. So peaceful. (laughs) Well, I can't believe that we're on a show number that's three of the same numbers in a row. We've only once had that before on episode 111. Yeah, the second time in Moss history. And it'll be another 111 episodes until we have this again, so it's pretty exciting. Wowzers. Yeah. To be sure. To be sure. Well, I think that if you are ready, Janelle, Mm -hmm. I'm ready Mm -hmm. to jump straight into the news. Let's do it. So, if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, tune in that new one that David told us about. Oh, yeah, Fountain. What's our Fountain update? Fountain. Get us our Fountain update, and I'll tell everyone else the rest of this. Where they can get a hold of us. Yes, you can, of course, follow us on Instagram at Mandarin Orange Show. We have a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel and all that stuff. We're on Podchaser. We have a Facebook page, and we'd love it if you join our Facebook group. Janelle's been trying to post stuff in there, but her app is being weird. Yeah, I had to report it to Facebook. I guess that's a fight. Reporting. I mean, it's not you're fighting against technology, though. It's not <laughs> like someone did something. Mm. Also, when she was doing it, and I said, like, well, did you cl- close out your other apps? And she's like, yeah, let me do that. And I kid you not, like, she started closing them. I went over and, like, typed some things and, like, a few minutes later looked up and she was still closing apps. You're just jealous. How many apps did you have open at the same time? There was Um, more than 50. Probably, you're just jealous because you can't have that many apps open on your phone. I'm just saying, I can't tell you how many times something is not working and then it turns out it's because you have, like, 50 apps open. Whatever. I have some exciting news. What? On the fountain front. Tell me on the fountain front. Guys, we have two new supporters. What? What do we have to? So, we have three supporters. And, well, we have 57 supporters total. Okay. But two more recent ones. Okay. Gotcha. And it's a, you know, we got at do. Yes, of course. Um, but... At user 158790477182 gave us 50 sats. What? Yes. And at Nirvana gave us four sats. No way. Yeah. That's sweet. Okay, so say the two again so we can say thank you. Um, at user 158790477182662. Sweet. They have a profile picture. Okay, it's so. real. I know some people just haven't updated their names yet. And then at Nirvana. Nirvana. You guys are awesome. Yeah. So what's our total sats now? 
So we're at 2,133 sats. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for satting us. Wait, what's it called? Boosting us. Thank you yes. for boosting us. That is very exciting. It's all so exciting. Well, let's see. Other exciting things. This week, on April 15th, mm-hmm. it's tax day in the United States, but you did our taxes a long time ago. <laughs> you got that. Back. Once you're done doing your taxes, make sure you hop on over to Popbox Presents live stream, where Janelle and I will be talking with Josiah Z. Yeah, you just got the confirmation. Yes, on our Popbox Music Facebook page. It's going to be fun. I have never met Josiah, but we've, you know, emailed back and forth, and he seems cool, and I like his music and stuff, so that'll be... April 15th, Saturday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the Popbox Music Facebook page. That's great. And let's see, what else did we do this weekend? So, we had, um, you know, a mellow weekend in since we just got back from festivities. right. we went on a hike. We did. Played a lot of games. Played a lot of games. Are we going to talk about the new rage in video games? Probably we'll do that in video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I don't know if I typed it in there, so help me remember. I'll help you remember because I've been thinking about it. It's so good. Yes, definitely. It's good. You guys are going to want to hear this. It's really funny. We had Easter. At Easter, we just stayed at home this year. Yeah. A lot of times we go up and visit my family, but my mom wasn't feeling super good. Yeah. We decided it would be best to just do it here. So, some things that, you know, we planned. We had an egg hunt. We did. Died Easter eggs. Yes, well, the kids did. I helped set it up. We played some games, which we'll talk about later. You guys did some Lego Mario. Yeah. You did some puzzle. I did some puzzle. We watched shows. We watched shows. We're really into a new show, which we'll talk about later. We'll talk about that, too. So much stuff. Oh, my gosh. Such a good show. We had the traditional Olive Garden-style fettuccine Alfredo for Easter dinner. Janelle made that. Yeah. It was good. I got the breadstick shaped like Olive Garden, and I made an Olive Garden salad. It was super good. It was better than Olive Gardens. Easily. I think so. Easily. And way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it still pains me to go there and spend all that money on pasta, which is like a dollar still. It's like the only thing you can buy for a dollar still. I'm sorry, though. Like, it's the closest to Italy pasta. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's not good. good. It's one of the few, like, restaurants pasta that I'll actually eat, but... We got it's it just, way cheaper in it's Italy. It's a lot more money, yeah. So, <laughs> And the pasta is not like the main dish in Italy. It's like the appetizer. Yeah, but you always have pasta. It's like, yeah. what are you having for your pasta? Okay, now what would you like Right, to now what do you want for your main meal? Which you can get main meal pasta, too. You can, yes. But, but. <laughs> they just assume one of your courses is pasta. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it was a, it's a really fun Easter it was. Okay. We uh, watched one of the lessons that I did yeah. um, when I did, like, video lessons. During the pandemic. Like, in the heart of it. 
yeah. the beginning of it. So that was interesting. So we decided we're going to watch through your lessons on Sundays. Well, it was fun to do it, too, because you could see my, like, pandemic beard. Yeah. Which was pretty crazy. Like, I mean, I grew it up until, what was it, September of 2020. Mm. So it got pretty hardy, but then I shaved it off for when we went on America's Funny yeah. videos. Anyway. Those videos are really good. Thank you. So... Well, it was a fun, good, like, relaxing weekend at home. I mean, like you said, like, not not a lot, but we did go and do some stuff. But we've got a lot of categories to talk to. So I say we, like, jump into a category. Let's do it. Probably the biggest, most exciting thing that happened this week was a movie that we went to go see. On a school night, well, afternoon. So let's go to movie time. Let's do it. <laughs> Movie time. All right, so we actually have seen, since we recorded last, two movies in the theater. And let me tell you, they were both phenomenal. Phenom. So let's go in order of the ones we saw. The first one we saw in the theater was... Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Oh, yeah, it had a tagline. Because there was an old one with, like, Jeremy Irons in, like, 2000 or something. Uh Uh-huh. 2001, maybe. I never saw that one. But it looked real cheesy. We watched, like, one of the trailers again, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I never saw it. That looks real bad. It had Justin Whalen, too. Yeah. He was a team crush of mine. I forget which one, or maybe one, one of the kids. Of the, yeah. I can't remember. Um, but this new one, it was like, well, do you tell me? What do you think? You know, I um, barely paid attention to uh, Dungeons and Dragons on our live show. When you've actually, that's the only time you've ever really had any experience yes. with it. Yes. I loved it. It was so great. It was a really good movie, like alarmingly good. Yeah. Because I thought it would be fun, right? And, you know, I like Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not like a hardcore player, but I've played several times with different people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I enjoy that type of thing. But it wasn't, there's not something that I'm like deeply entrenched in. So. You are Elfron Hubbard. That's my, that's my character. It's fun. Like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. It's something I like, but it's not something I'm like uber passionate about. So I saw a trailer like for it, and I was like, yeah, that's going to be fun. Then I found out John Francis Daly, mm-hmm. who is uh, Sam in Freaks and Geeks, who also had involvement in the Spider-Man, like Tom Holland Spider-Man mm-hmm. series, co-wrote and co-directed it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we've got to see it. Then you were that. like, we have to see it. And so we went and saw it, and you guys, it was so good. It's really funny. It's, like, alarmingly funny. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, like, we were, like, gut-busting. But it was also, like, like, great action and stuff. We cried. And it was, it was like, touching. I definitely cried at the end. Like, it was really, really good. And it seems weird saying that about a Dungeons & Dragons movie, but I'm telling you, it's, like, way better than it needed to be. We thought this was what Willow was going to be. Yeah. And Willow ended up being a teen drama. Yeah, this and is this definitely was better than that. Wonderful. It just it, and had teenage characters, right? But it wasn't done in like an irritating way at all. No, it was so good. Like I, even if you don't care about Dungeons and Dragons at all, if you can tolerate any kind of fantasy movie, you should definitely see this. Mm-hmm. It's so good. 
Highly recommended. All right. What did we see? So later opening Wednesday opening night, like we had to see it right away. The movie event of the year. It's not just us. Obviously, obviously, we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Can I just tell you, we went on a four thirty, no three thirty, three thirty, three thirty showing on a Wednesday. Jam packed. Jam packed. Well, and it's broken a lot of records for, you know, various like animated movies. I mean, it had a huge opening. It's already like surpassed a lot. It's broken records. It's great. It's gonna, I think it's gonna go huge because everyone likes it too. It's so funny because there were some like mixed reviews from critics. But critics obviously like were not looking at it to be a Super Mario Brothers movie because the stuff I've read that people wrote about it like negatively it's just dumb. It doesn't even make sense. And everyone was quick to judge them having like like Chris Pratt as a voice and Jack Black and Seth Rogen. Oh, that's not how Mario is going to be. But like, there if you think about Mario games, the plot is paper thin. <laughs> The voices are just like, that's me, Mario. Right. Like they don't you, you want to listen to that for a whole movie? Right. Like, they had to make it a movie. It's an adaptation. It's a movie now. So, you know, I mean, if you, outside of just sitting and watching the cutscenes from a Super Mario Brothers game, like, you have to make it a movie. Right. And even, I mean, what's the plot of Super Mario Brothers normally? Save the princess. Or a few other, like, variations on that theme. Because sometimes Princess Peach is in on the game, you know. Like Super Mario Brothers 2, mm-hmm. she's like a part of it. But point is, it's not a very deep lore. So no. they, they could do anything with it. And they all they had to do was like include great stuff, like references to games. And you guys, there's references to like every Mario game. Just music is amazing. It was super funny. It was really fun. Looked great. In fact, you already got the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I pre-ordered the soundtrack. I got this double CD, and then I also got the seven-inch single of the Bowser song. Yes. And sung by Jack Black. And I didn't go for the double vinyl. Like, that would be cool, but it was it was a lot. It was like 50 bucks for the double vinyl, and I don't need it that bad. And it was like, I think it was fourteen ninety nine for the CDs, you know? So I went with that option. But it was fantastic. Super, super fun. Our kids loved it, of course. It was just great. And yeah. everyone cheered and was laughing in the theater. And then we heard that it was also released in 3D. Yeah. So I think we're going to go we're back gonna go and see, see it, it in 3D. Because we want to see it again. There's so many Easter eggs and game references that, like... You couldn't possibly see them all. Like, right. if they're, you know, pan the camera down a city street, like, there's posters and graffiti and every single little thing is a reference to some game or another. It's just so much fun. It really, really is. I loved it. Yay. So, highly recommended, those two movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we also had a fun time. We kind of mentioned this last episode. On the plane to Hawaii and back again, we watched some movies. Quite a few. And let's talk about the airplane movies we watched. By the way, I just love the airplane movie. It's great. It's a great opportunity. The perfect airplane movie for me is one that, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch. But since you're, like, a captive audience Mm -hmm. and it's free, it's a perfect time to check those out. And shout out to Delta, because they're one of the only airlines left that has the back screens. 
Really? Yeah. Like, American Airlines, which your family flew to Hawaii on. They don't have screens? They have streamed to your device. What? Lame. Yeah, and that's how most, like, of the major Are airlines serious? do it now. I want it to be on the screen in the back in front of me. Yeah, Delta's, like, the last. That's so... I'm so glad we go to Delta, then. Yeah. So, I mean... We, we've flown some very cheap airlines. Yeah. As you guys know, we don't expect it on that. But when you're flying the major three, American, Delta, and what's the other one? I don't know. TWA? <laughs> okay. 1960s. There's one more. I don't know. Eastern Airlines? Eastern? We saw the defunct <laughs> episode of that. I don't know the name of what you're trying to think of. Well, anyways, when you're flying the major three, whatever the third one Alaska is, I can't Air? remember. Yeah, maybe Alaska. Maybe like the Alaska... Hawaiian Air? Company. Delta's the last one with screens. Like, That's You know, shocking. they might have an old plane here and there that has the screens on the back, but Delta's the only one that... That's just so dumb. Like... Yeah. It's like taking away a major thing. Yeah. Stream to your device. We finally got to the future where you can like play unlimited games and listen to music and watch movies on an airplane. And now it's just looking at your phone again. Yeah. Everything is just looking at your phone these days. Yeah. Why do I want to always be looking at my phone? I don't. Because then you have to like crank your neck down. Right. To ah. where it is. I'm glad we're only we're only either doing a super budget where we got nothing or Delta. Then. Right. That's it. That's it. Unless we find a super cheap airline. I mean, super cheap, then it's fine. It's like good. you get what you, you get, get what you pay for. But all right, well, all that. Whew. Let's talk about what movies we watched. We're gonna go in order that we watched them on the plane. So the first one on the way to Hawaii, we thought this was an appropriate one. We watched Ticket to Paradise. That is perfect. Because we, we were on, on our way plane. to Hawaii. Um, this is the one that stars Julia Roberts and George Clooney. George Clooney. And they're like the parent. Well, they're like estranged parents. And their daughter goes to, was it Bali? I think it was Bali, right? Bali, I believe. I think it was Bali. Somewhere in the like Indonesia realm. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Bali. And she goes there, like, I don't know, post-graduating to be, like, a lawyer. And she yeah. decides she falls in love with a local and they're going to get married. Decides to marry and, and stay live there. there, yeah. And so that's the premise. You probably saw a trailer. They played a lot of that trailer mm-hmm. before it came out. And uh, what would you think? I thought it was fun. I think it was the second place winner of the Yeah, uh, of the four. four we watched four we movies. Saw. Yeah, agreed. It was I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It wasn't like mind blowing, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, you can't beat George Clooney and Julia Roberts I mean, for like leads. Julia, are you ever gonna age? She's so right? gorgeous. I it, I guess this is my thing. It was fun, it was funny and charming. You kinda knew exactly what was gonna exactly happen from the trailer. Was there was no happen. there were no surprises. <laughs> but it was very solid for what it was. It yeah. just was you know, it was good. It was a, it was a rom-com. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. There were some funny moments. All right. Next, okay, again, in order that we watched them, the next one we watched was Father of the Bride, the remake with Andy Garcia. And 
Gloria Estefan, who mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was Gloria Estefan until the end of the movie. Yeah. When they show that in the credits, I'm like, oh, okay. I knew her right away. Well, what did you think of it? It was okay. Yeah. I thought they could do a little more with it. I, this was my major thing with it, because there was good performances. I, you know, I enjoyed the cast. There were definitely, like, moments that I enjoyed of it a lot, but they went... Instead of, and you know, I've seen the original Father of the Bride and obviously the Steve Martin version, there's a lot of humor in those. And this one, they went like very drama y. There was a little bit of humor, but they went for yeah, high stakes drama it instead. Serious. It was much more, you know, yeah, serious. It was like almost soap opera y. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but it was also not very fun. It was it's just kind of. All right. It wasn't the fault of the performances. I think no, it was just, the actors were great. It was just because it was so serious. Yeah, and I, I was ready to laugh. Like, you know, I was ready to see Steve Martin getting chased by a dog out the window with Diane Keaton laughing. Right, at him. And, you know, the, like the hot dogs. Exactly, buns and, need to match the hot dogs. And I know, like, I mean, I've only watched the original one once. It's been a long time, but I remember that one being funny too. Yeah. This one just, there was, it was not, and it wasn't not funny because it, it was poorly done. It was intentionally not done as right. a comedy. It was a drama. And, I mean, I think they show this in the trailer, too. But they do, the, the angle is that the parents are getting divorced and they don't want to, like. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it took away from, I realized they were trying not to take away from the story, but it took away from the story. It did. Because there was too many complications already. Right. You already have the one complication of, it's it's a perfect thing. Father stresses out about his daughter's wedding. That's it. That's the premise. That's the pitch. You don't need to add more Also, meanwhile, he's getting divorced with his wife. Like, that's too much. Yeah. It's like putting, you know, multiple bad guys in a superhero movie. You just Mm -hmm. need one. One main bad guy. Anyway. It was fine. I don't don't unrecommend it, but it's also one that I was glad I watched on an airplane. United Airlines. Oh, that's the other one. That's the third. Oh, good. Just came to me. I'm glad. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> American Delta and United. Okay. Now they have more international titles. Yeah, but those and are they have the partner airlines and stuff domestics. like that. All right. Let's see. Next in order was a movie called Booksmart. What do you think of this one? This one. This is the lowest one for me as well. Uh, it's funny because it's one of those ones. You know, definitely like an indie type of movie where you watch the trailer, at least for me, I watch it and I go, that's either going to be the greatest movie I've ever seen or it's going to be dumb. Yeah. And I just, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. And there, there was parts of it I really, really liked. And And I think I even like teared up during a part, but they just were trying to be too edgy, too clever, and it just came off as them trying a little too hard. Well, there was two things I had. One is it very much felt like super bad knockoff. Yeah. It was super bad, but with girls. With girls. Which I already wasn't a big fan of super bad, so that yeah. didn't like really help. But two is that they, yeah, like you said, not only did they try, try to go edgy, they went for teenage party. Right. Where the whole movie winds up just being about them at a party. And that's, Will they get to the party? That's, to me, like... A dumb premise. And it's not just for them. It's any movie that just revolves entirely around a teenage party is dumb. Especially in this day and age because they can't, like, find the party. But, like, come on. Yeah. This is With cell way too late. Like, that worked in the 80s. 
Yeah. But this isn't the 80s. Now, that even worked in the 90s. But Now, a part, it was a bummer to me because I really enjoyed the performances of the lead actors. Yeah. Both the two main girls are super good. There were some great, like, Which other performances. overlap. Oh, yeah. There was overlap, like, all two over. two girls from this movie were, were in... Welcome in, to Paradise. We're in Welcome Wasn't to Paradise. Wasn't there a crossover between Father of the Bride and this one, too? Or maybe that and... Welcome to Paradise. I think there was, like, <laughs> there all was three of them were, had some shared DNA there. Anyway, I just wish that these two actresses could work again together with a better premise. I agree. Because I don't think Teenage Party, and I've never enjoyed that type of movie, just Teenage Party. Because it just feels like a lazy plot to me. I have enjoyed some Teenage Party. What? Give me one example of a movie that's entirely revolves around a teenage party that you super like. I really like Can't Hardly Wait. Uh huh. That's the one everyone says, and I can't hardly stand it when I have to watch that movie. But I love it. It's it's not that good, and I think if you watched it again now, you would be like, "Oh, you're right." You know. like the people I in it. Owned it on you VHS. like. I know, but this is the, like the same with this one. You like the people in it. You like some of their performances, and you want to see those people actually do something interesting. I liked Empire Records. Yeah, but that's not just about them. That's a separate category. I'm talking about teen party. A teen party where the whole movie revolves around the party itself or getting to said well, party. It was Empire Records. I thought it was, was like a, a music teen movie. Party. No, they're all at a mute record but store. But they have like a party to save the store. Yeah, it's different though. This I'm talking about where somebody's throwing a party because their parents are out of town and all the people come to the house type of party. That type, that trope has been done billions of times. And it's not just, I mean, sometimes it's, there's variations. There's adults having a wild party too, or going Mm. to a location to have a wild party. It's a, it's a lazy premise. And I, it's one that I don't enjoy. So, I mean, I I know there's an audience for that type of thing, but I always just feel like I want to see these characters doing something interesting. Yeah. And it's fine to have a scene with a party. But the fact that the main premise of it is, oh, we've got to get to this party. You Freaks and Geeks episodes. Well, there was one episode of it, yes. <laughs> a, it was a short episode, you know, so it was, didn't take forever. And B, it was extremely well written and well done. <laughs> it wasn't just, because what happens with these? Like, oh, everyone gets wasted and someone gets caught having sex in the back room. And, <laughs> Oh, someone gets pushed in the pool, and this person, you know, hooks up, and this person realizes that they're cool after all. I mean, it's the same thing that happens every time. The Freaks and Geeks one was genius. You feel bad for the popular girl in these party movies. Right, exactly. Oh, there's so many tropes that are just done to death that I can't stand. Freaks and Geeks, what do they do in Freaks and Geeks? Freaks and Geeks is genius. Spoiler alert for one of the best TV shows of all time. Spoiler they have alert. this party, and the younger brother's worried because he finds out that, you know, Big Sister is going to be having this party. So he swaps out their keg <laughs> with a non alcoholic beer, and then all the kids at the party are pretending, are pretending to be drunk because they think they're supposed to be drunk, but it's really fake beer. So they're all just pretending. And then, oh, meanwhile, so the geeks have like hidden the keg in the back room, and, and Bill winds up actually getting mm-hmm. drunk from it. I mean, like, that's a well written story about a party. It's not just the same old tropes. It's a, it's spinning it around. It's doing something creative. And it was only a short TV show. What about Clueless? But that the whole movie is not about a party. There's a scene with a party. And like I said, it's okay for a bit. Scenes, but not the whole There's movie. a lot of movies that have a scene with a party that are Adventures in babysitting? There's a scene. One scene of it. That's fine. 
It's just that when the entire movie, the whole plot of the movie is party, that's boring. Mm. You got to give me more than that. And think about this too. John Francis Daly, who was in Freaks and Geeks, then also went on to work on Spider-Man Homecoming, which had a great party scene as well. And also spun on its head. It's all connected. It is. It can be done well, but it not. it's not usually. All right. What was the last movie we watched? The last movie we watched, this was on the way home, actually, was A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks. Yeah. This, this is was... one I knew I, I'd been wanting to watch, and then we just Yeah, it, it just kept getting tired, and we, we never had a chance to. And phenomenal. It was easily the best one. Oh, by far. By far. It was, like, so fantastic. Tom Hanks was just great as usual. Yeah, it was very hard. I really liked the supporting characters. It does, I suppose, like, a little warning for content. Like, yeah. Because there's some, like, he goes through some dark Stop. times, and there's some, like, uh, you know, deals with suicide some and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's, you know... It's not for every audience, and if that's, like, a uh, concern for you, you may yeah. want to, like, look elsewhere. But it's it's done very, like, tastefully and, like, carefully, you know? It's not, like, it's graphic or, or disrespectful or anything like no. that. So, anyway, just a little heads up there. But I thought it was really, really, really good. That's great. So, that was easily the best. Yeah, I just, if you want a heartwarming tale... You want a feel-good movie. <laughs> so then uh, you went to sleep on the way back, but I couldn't sleep, and I had <laughs> some writing I needed to work on, Just working, doing a little screenplay Just work. a little screenplay work. And so I pulled out my laptop, and I figured, well, I'll just put on a movie like in the background for me to, to you know, like, like something that I know well. The worst idea. I know, but I thought well, if it's something that I know really well that I won't even have to think about it. It'll just be like good background noise while I'm while I'm doing some writing, right? So I pull on my laptop and I look through and I'm trying to find a movie that I like know really well. And Psycho was on there. Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. I'm like, easy. It's got a great soundtrack. I know that movie like the back of my hand. I know every shot of that movie by heart. And so I'll just that put that on. That means you also know uh, Gus Van Sant's yeah, More or less, yes. Because he did a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yeah, he did, which is a fun experiment, but a subject for a different time. <laughs> I do enjoy that one, and I think it's cool that he did that, but it's obviously not as good as the original. It was more of a it was an experiment. artistic experiment. Yeah, which was cool, and it was fun to talk about and stuff, but does not replace the original. Anyway, I put Psycho on, and I was like, going to write to it. And then about like half an hour into Psycho, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just watching Psycho. I guess I should turn this off if I want to get anything done. I love that you saw like one of the most famous Alfred Hitchcock movies of all time. You're obsessed with Alfred Hitchcock. You love everything he's ever done that you thought you were just going to like yeah. listen to it in the background. I, it was a bad plan. I realized that. Because I do this a lot, though. Like when I'm doing dishes, I'll throw on a YouTube video. Just something to listen to as I'm like poking around, right? So that's my thought. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll put on, just, just for background. Well, it didn't work. So I wound up having to turn off Psycho, like I said, about half an hour in, because I was just watching. Cause I had my computer open, too, in front of me. 
So I've got the Don't computer on the little tray table. No, I've got the computer on the little tray table wedged between <laughs> me and the chair in front of me. And then I'm like leaning over my computer, like intently watching Psycho. And I'm like, why do I even have my computer open right now? It's like I was just pretending to myself <laughs> I was going to do too, work. Because like they make the announcement that the plane is landing. And that's when you're like, hey, can I use your pillow for a little bit? That's when you decide you're going to get a little shut eye. <laughs> No, it wasn't landing yet. They said they were, like, approaching. Yeah, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, so I so got a little shut-eye. 20 minutes snooze. And you're like, I just don't want to pull up my pillow. We're almost landing. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. I need to, like, shut it down and put it away. Oh, it was great. I love those, those neck pillows. They're great. Which we should put on, like... You know, our Mandarin Orange Show storefront. Cause they're really, fantastic. We really should do. We need to get our Amazon. Because there's stuff affiliate, that like, huh? I would highly recommend to our <sighs> listeners. You got to help me do that. We need to get our affiliate link going. Because <laughs> yes. we do. We have a lot of good stuff that we could like send your way board games and things. Board games, movies, video games. The. The possibilities are endless. All right. We'll work on this. Well, that's it for movies. That was a lot of uh, movie talk there. But we also had some other stuff. We also haven't talked about TV shows in a little while. So Mm -hmm. let's do Couch Potato Corner. Couch Potato Corner. This CPC. All right. Well, as we mentioned last week, just a reminder that I was on Let's Make a Deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't forget. I tried to post some pictures, and I cropped them, and I put captions, and then it didn't work. I know. That's why you had to report. So hopefully we'll you'll get that figured out. But don't forget, let's make a deal. What was the date? The 23rd? It was March 23rd. March 23rd episode. You you'll can, see a lot of us. And if you look through the description, like on Paramount+, Plus, it says a wizard yeah, and rolls the dice or something like even that. Even though you might think that you just watched the beginning, you have to watch the whole, watch the whole show. Thing. Let us know at MandarinOrangeShow at gmail.com if you guys watched it. I would like to know. We'd like reports. Just, just Everybody's on spring break, and we didn't get a lot of feedback yeah, besides like who we were with. We forced my parents to watch it with us. <laughs> I heard from Keith. But your parents really enjoyed it. No, they once did. Once we forced them. They did. But Keith watched it. Keith watched it. And like, I haven't heard from... I don't know if anyone else even watched it. I know. I didn't even hear from my mom or my sister. Nobody else. Because it was spring break. Yeah. It was, we were on TV. Like a lot. A lot. So please let us know. Mandarin Is it just because we've been on TV so many times? It's just like no big deal like anymore. boring now? I guess so. Even, like, my brothers, I had to, like, twist Even their arms. Even Corey arm. Cockle, who was, like, the biggest Wayne yeah. Brady fan there ever was. I mean, I know someone watched it, but just not people that know us. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Just because we're on TV too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Other than that, you have a bunch of stuff, so I guess it's time for Janelle's sub-corner, Couch Potato Corner. Well, I'll go fast. Okay, good. Reality show Midway, we're going to call it. Um, I'm not I, making a new thing for that. I watched Bachelor um, the last season with Zach Shellcross, who is Patrick Warburton's uh, yes, you've, you've nephew. Repeatedly trying to make that happen. It's not happening. It's or not making not fetch happen. Patrick Warb- I don't know how to say it. Anyways, Patrick Warburton is involved. It was uh, great. Loved it. Good season. 
Two thumbs up. I thought he was going to be boring, but he wasn't boring. I did too. You did think it was boring. Agreed to disagree. Um, I started Love is Blind. Well, first of all, I watched like the after show, like catch up with the season three cast. And then I started Love is Blind season four. I'm only like halfway through because I don't have time. <laughs> this one takes place in Seattle. So it's kind of fun. For the first time, really, though, because the whole premise is they don't see each other. They talk through a wall and then they like the guy proposes to the girl and then they do the reveal where they get to see each other for the first time. Mm -hmm. But for the first time ever, the girl he picked that he proposed to like saw him and was like, basically so obvious like i'm not attracted to you you're ugly and like spoiler alert by the end of like the honeymoon because they they don't get married yet but they they went they go to mexico to like have their first time together and they basically broke up because she was so mean to him she like wouldn't let she said she got ick icked out by him Wow. So, yeah. So, anyways, um, watching that, and then I watched Mary at First Sight. So this is after Love is Blind? Well, this is an old season. Yeah, but Love is Blind, yeah, and then Love they're married blind. once they have First Sight, right? No, this is two different shows. Oh, what, is their, what is their whole vision issue here? What? Love is Blind, and then they're married at First Sight. <laughs> yeah. Well, Married at First Sight. It's similar to Love is Blind, but it's been around longer. And basically, they have matchmakers match them, and they get married the first time they've seen each other. And then they spend, like, ten weeks together and decide if they're going to get divorced or continue to be married. Isn't it just annulled at that point? I mean, they say it's divorce, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. But um, it was funny because season ten, or whatever season was set to expire. So I actually had to listen to them like a podcast in order to finish the season because I drive a lot. But I did finish it. It was great. Loved that season. All right. We made it through Reality Corner. Reality TV show Midway. So, some other things. we I think we mentioned that we've watched a lot of Defunct Land recently, which is like... So much. You know... Amusement park histories and things like that. Great stuff on YouTube. And it inspired our summer trip, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're going to see some old amusement parks. We also, like, watch Bob's Burgers. That's been great. Just always have to throw that out there once in a while because I love Bob's Burgers. I do, too. Finally got you on board. Like, I tried for years. It's just not something I wanted to watch, just the two of us. But now that the kids can watch it. Now you want to watch it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, a little more teenage-appropriate, you know? Like, yeah. It's not terrible, especially, like, newer seasons. They've definitely, they like... They toned it down. They toned it down. They made it so that you could watch it with teenagers and not feel, like, super uncomfortable. I really relate to... What's the mom's name? Linda. All right. I'm definitely a Linda. I feel like... I feel like um, the kids, like... Can see my connections to Linda. Yeah, too. not everything is Linda, but there's no, definitely but some things you have in common. I mean, we're good parents. We're good parents. 
I just, I relate to her a lot about, like, just her parenting style and, you know, doing fun stuff together and always going on an adventure. And I like that. That's fun. About Linda. Speaking of adventure, the kids and I have been watching through Adventure Time, and that's fun, too. But really, the talk of the week here, the show to end all shows that's currently <laughs> happening, and you guys all have to jump on board. <laughs> yes, please do. So there's a show. It's on Freebie, which means Freebie. anyone can watch it for free. You just have to download it onto whatever there your streaming are device. ads, but it's highly worth it. It's so worth it. Freebie. The show is called Jury Duty. And, like, I had not seen anything about it, but you said you saw some ads for so it. So I saw an ad on TikTok. No, I didn't see an ad on TikTok. A TikTok user posted a clip from it and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not even getting paid to advertise this show, but it's fantastic. So from their show, I immediately came and told you, "Yes, stop what you're doing. We need to go watch this. And it's phenomenal. There's four episodes out right now. And here's the premise. It's called Jury Duty. And it follows like a court case. And they're granted behind-the-scenes access to talk to this jury during the court mm-hmm. case, right? Except that it's all fake. They're all actors, except one of the jury members who is doesn't know is not in fake. on the gag. So it's a hidden camera thing, and it's hilarious. It is, it's so funny. It's so genius. You know we love a good hidden camera show. It's like our favorite. And, oh my gosh, James Marsden. James Marsden is like He's on, the, on the jury. He's on the jury with them. And he's committed like, to this. Oh role. my gosh. It's you guys just trust me. It is like PG thirteen for language. Yeah. Our kids could almost handle it. But I mean, yes, they they almost a couple could, more years. But, but it's so funny. I told my mom about it and she watched She's it like same day. Up and can't wait for it. There's four episodes out. out now. Maybe by the time this comes out, because the new episodes will come out on Fridays. So Fridays, there's two more this Friday and then two more the following Friday. So the whole season's eight episodes. It's worth it. Like, seriously, you guys will binge it. Once you watch one, you'll you'll binge the whole thing. Jury Duty on Freebie. It's awesome. Let's talk about video games. Video games! There's a lot of video games that I've got here. Things that we've played throughout, because we haven't talked video games in a while. In forever. So I'm just going to shout out a few things here, and then we'll talk about the main event. We've been playing Mario Kart, Fall Guys, Duck Game. We did play a new four-player one called Cuckoos, which uh, is one of those, like, how do I describe it? Audrey picked it out, and it's very funny. It's like a... Bad translations, you know. It's like, it's like the game itself is fun to play, but the most fun of it is like how weird it is. Well, there was that one we played last night with, uh, it was the You Don't Know Jack production. Yeah, company. Jackbox. Audrey is really into those type of games, so she picked a new one out. It was like a quote one clip show. This one was Quiplash, but you know, they have like packs mm-hmm. where they have multiple games, but the one we played is Quiplash, and that's really Yeah, fun. that was fun. Um, I've been playing through The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I've played it a ton, but I've never actually, like, beaten it because I'm such a completionist. I like to do everything. Yeah. So, I've been playing through it because the new Zelda game comes out soon, and I'd like to have, you know, at least beaten that one before we play the next one. I've played it a ton, but... I think there's only, like, 12 days left on the 
the second season of Fall Guys. Yeah, we got to finish that up. So. But the main event here, <laughs> this is, it's going to sound so dumb, but you guys, it's so I'm fun. I'm addicted. So I, I added this on my wish list a while ago, but then it went on sale and I had like some credits because we like bought a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't mention this, but while we were in Hawaii, the eShop for 3DS and the Wii U closed down. So yeah, you were downloading games I did, on our trip. I got some eShop cards and did some last minute downloads for the stuff that I just, you know, really wanted to get before it was gone forever. So from that I got a bunch of credits on our Switch eShop because you get like, you know, reward points. And so I used it to buy this game. It's called Old Coin Pusher Friends. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's like an old coin pusher. Like an old fashioned. It's definitely like at least modeled after a Japanese one. I'm pretty sure it's just made in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lot of translation necessary, <laughs> except for the menus, right? But it's just, you know, like one of those things in an arcade where you drop coins down a slot and then the little thing automatically is moving and it pushes. And if you, if it pushes stuff off the edge, then you get prizes. Either if it's like in a casino situation, you win the money back. Or if it's in like a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, you get tickets, right? <laughs> Coin pusher. And that's it. The whole game is that. But. There's, There's little milestones. Well, yeah, you can level up to make your coins, you know, shoot faster or widen the little catcher thing that you use or whatever. But you get that leveled up by either collecting coins or there's little prizes that drop out and you can catch those. There's bad guys sometimes that pop up that you can shoot and hit with coins. There's target practice or different like shooting ones you can do, you know, again, where you're shooting coins at them. And then the reason it's called Friends is because then you can go online and play with other people and, like, help each other, you know, like, well, catch the prizes. Well, what did we have to do, though? Well, in order to do it, because it doesn't have, like, online. We all had to buy it on our own to play it together. But it can't. was, like, a whopping four ninety nine. It was, yeah. So, it was three ninety nine each, even though, because I got so, it on sale. But We paid $16 to play a really fun game together. It was, like, together. 15 bucks, so they got a dollar off. Yeah. Well, you said when you played it. Oh, mommy's gonna love as soon as this I did, game because it just looked. It's just one of those weird things that I love, like the badge game on the 3ds, and I'm like, this is right. just such a dumb, simple thing, but I think I'm gonna love it. And I started playing it, and the kids like, "What are you playing?" And I told him, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, when mommy sees this, she's gonna be like addicted to it." And I am. It's so much fun. So I really like it now that we can all play together. Like I said, I've been dreaming about it today. Right. It, but I have so much to do, I don't have time to play it. It's one of those things like Tetris where you just, like, dream and you're just, like, it, when you're asleep, you're thinking about the coin pusher. Yeah, like, what you The little prizes collect. dropping out. And it never stops. Yeah, like, it just keeps going. You have to, like, have willpower to stop because every time you catch something, another thing drops there. Like, this is catch what this we did quick. a lot on Easter. We... We downloaded the game to the kids' um, Nintendo Switches. And we downloaded to Daddy and remember my burden from the summer. I have my own Switch now, too. And so we downloaded the game. And then after the Easter baskets, we let them um, see that. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Old Coin Pusher Friends. It's on Nintendo Switch, but I think it's on other platforms, too. And I'm telling you, I know it sounds like a weird recommendation, but if you like that kind of, like... I don't know. It's not really a puzzle game. I don't know what you would call it. Collectors. A collector's game. Um, I have a feeling that friend of the show, Josh, 
would just be really irritated with how much we love that game. I don't know. Like, Josh plays, like, Pycross games all the time. He's not only, like, hardcore gamer. He's, like, into casual games, too. We'll see. We'll see what he uh, I think Rachel thinks. would like it. It's the kind of thing oh, Rachel, Rachel might put around. Rachel would love it. So, I don't know. I think Josh would like it. Or at least he would, like, understand the compulsion to play, like, a casual game like that. We'll see. Because it's not the kind of thing you're like, ooh, I want to go have some action. It's the kind of thing of like, ooh, I'm going to I just want to play it. I want to, like, relax. Well, and I'll tell you, while I edited this show... I mean, in other shows, I put it on because you don't have to be actively playing it. Yeah, you just so I'll put it on, points. and as I'm, you know, I'm listening to it, but then maybe I'll tap B a couple times to fire off a coin, and then I do editing. But as you're leaving it there, stuff can still be pushing mm-hmm. out onto your thing. So it's one of those kind of things too, like the clicker heroes type of thing, where right. it's just constantly going. It doesn't run when you're not playing it though, unlike clicker heroes. But other than that, it's that That's similar good. kind of thing, you know. Anyway, it's fun. One more video game to talk about, though. And it's something I haven't talked about in a little while. But it's time to talk about The Longing. Which, as you guys remember, is the video game I've been reading Moby Dick in. It's been a while. And I read a chapter of Moby Dick. So let's talk fiction books. You like fiction books? Fiction books is one of my favorite kinds of books. Do you like fiction? Like it. I try to love it. That's crazy. I've never met anyone else who likes fiction. That's right. This is the subsection of the video games category, fiction books, where we're going to talk about how I read Moby Dick in a video game. Mm. I'm still working on it. I think I read chapter 15 is what the chapter was on. There's a lot. Yeah. It's, this could be an ongoing series, but I will also talk about a few other books. But first of all, Moby Dick. All right. This chapter that I read, the uh, two main characters, well, so far the two main characters, Ishmael who you probably recognize as Call Me Ishmael, the opening line of the book. And then his companion, Queequeg, they've arrived, if you remember correctly, they arrived in Nantucket. The last chapter I read is all about how they stayed at a place, and the whole chapter was about the different um, chowders that they could eat. <laughs> Fish chowder, the, ch- the cod chowder, or the, the clam chowders and stuff. So now... They're ready to go out on a whaling ship, and they have, they're trying to get themselves like hired onto a ship to go out to sea, right? And Queequeg, who is like, he like worships pagan idols. He's from, I think he's from like Fiji or something, or they might, he might have made up like a fictional island, but something like that, you know, right. South Seas. And he, he talks to his idol, like, you know, and it gives him advice, right? It's like his little god. And the idol tells him that, Ishmael should go out and choose the boat that he shouldn't go and be a part of it. So, and I think maybe he was manipulating him because he knew he could like hook him up. Right. But if he goes around with him because he's, you know, they're in like a conservative area of North America, he's more likely to get hired if his friend goes out and then brings him along. Uh Anyway, he goes out, looks at the different boats and he settles upon the Pequod, which is probably the name you might recognize the name. That's the name of the boat. The main boat from Moby Dick, right? Uh, so he goes on there. He actually meets the two captains that own the ship. They used to be captains of ships. Now they're retired. They own the ship. And they are kind of interviewing people to go onto the, the boat, right? To go out to the ocean. There's a whole interaction with that. They discuss how they pay the, the men on the boat, which is really interesting. Instead of, like, paying the money, they obviously they have room and board taken care of. They eat the food with everyone else and they sleep on the ship. So they don't have, to have any expenses, but they don't actually pay the money up front. What they do is they pay them in a percentage of the profit from whatever they get. 
So it rewards them for, you know, performing well. The more whales they catch in this case that they're going for, the more they get paid out for later. So it's, you know, it's not a great way to become rich unless you're going to like, you know, you're really successful in it. Anyway, it's really fascinating. They go through the whole thing of how they get paid and uh, he settles upon, they're going to go out there and they also, he gets introduced. Well, he doesn't actually meet him, but he hears all about Captain Ahab, who's Mm -hmm. the actual captain of the ship, which you've probably heard of before. I have heard of Captain Ahab. And it's interesting. They go into his name because his name, he was named after like an evil king in the Bible. And, um, Ishmael asked the guy about like, whoa, isn't he like an evil king? And the captain, the other guy was like, whoa, whoa, don't mention that. It's not his fault what his mother named him. You know, other people have prophesied that that name would come, you know, to be true, but it's not fair to hold that against him because his mother named him and she didn't know any better. Right? right. So that's why he has the name of like an evil king. And that's the chapter that I read that's so far. It. Fascinating. It's actually really, really, really good. It's, I, I love it. I'm so glad I'm reading it in a video game. <laughs> What else have you been reading? Okay, well, I did read a lot while we were on our trip, because I like to. And a little before that, too. I can't remember if I mentioned this one, but I did finish Once Upon Another Time, Tall Tales, which is the next book in the James Riley series. Listeners to the show might recognize the name James Riley because we had him as a guest on Mm -hmm. the show. Super, super amazing author. This is... It's like a spin-off of his original series, and um, but it's like, you know, its own separate thing. This is the second book in the Once Upon Another Time series, and it's it's great. He's a great author. He is. Really like him. Cool guy. And we'll have to have him come back on sometime. Then I read The Last Unicorn. This is an interesting one. This is one that I, you know, we've seen the movie before, and I never had read the book. The movie's weird, but I love it and I have good memories of it from the 80s, right? It's like one of the ones I rented every time I went to Warehouse yeah. Video. And I think it's Rankin and Bass, the same people that did Lord of the Rings, right? I might be getting mixed up. Or is it I Ralph Bakshi? Right. No, I think it is Rankin and Bass. Because the author of the book, I can't remember his name and I'm not looking at it right now, but he wrote the screenplay for the Lord of the Rings adaptation so maybe it is Ralph Bakshi. Anyway, and he also wrote the screenplay for the adaptation of his own book for The Last Unicorn, right? So it's kind of like similar to that in that it's weird, but it's like really weird. The book is weird. Yeah. It's very much written, it was written in the 60s, and you can I can picture it being like, I don't know, I mean, maybe more like beatnik style. It's poetry. The whole book is like, I mean, it is prose, but it's written in a very poetic sense. Right. But it's also really weird. Like, there's a part where they're, you know, it's in a fantasy setting, right? There's a wizard and a unicorn, and they're in the forest, and they get captured by this group of, it's kind of like like Robin Hood, the Merry Men, right? But it's not them, but it's that kind of group. Yeah. And so they get captured, and they're talking to them, and... The guy's like, oh, wouldst thou join our crew or something like that? And then he's like, yes. And he says, would thou like a taco? <laughs> what? It's, it's just a weird mix of like modern stuff and archaic language, but also like very like the similes and metaphors he uses are just bizarre to the point where you just kind of have to read it like a poem. It doesn't make sense, but you understand what's happening. It's All weird. Right. It took me a long time to read this one, actually, because it's very, it's not a conventional read. I think I did wind up enjoying it in the end, but it's a tough recommend. If you, if that sounds interesting to you and you like a challenging bit of literature, I would recommend it. 
I don't think you, Janelle, would like it. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> would you like to read confusing language that's difficult to parse? No. Then, you know, it's not a casual read. So then I also brought along on our trip, because I thought this would be a fun theme, I brought a bunch of books that are about ocean adventures, mm-hmm. you know, being stranded on an island or, you know, stuck in a boat or that kind of thing. So I read, first I read The Black Pearl by Scott O'Dell, who also wrote Island of the Blue Dolphins. Which I'm reading right which now. Which you're reading right now. And you read that every year with your kids. I do. I, I'm going to read that. One of the next ones I read, I'm going to reread it. You should read it because I knew it. Better than you, obviously. It's been a long I time, read, yeah. Read it every year. But also, I picked up the sequel that he wrote to it later, so I, I would like to read, read the sequel. It's like Gia or Zia. Gia. I want to read that too. Anyway, the Black Pearl is really good. It's one I've read before, but you know, it's good. It's about a, mm-hmm. a boy who goes uh, pearl diving and some adventures down in the Sea of Cortez. Yeah, you want to hear real quick? Um, I do. Scott O'Dell's writing method. Yes. Okay. I've read a lot of stuff by Scott O'Dell. So, Scott O'Dell, his writing method. This is from an interview from the 1980s. Okay. We watched an excerpt. Um, He basically wakes up in the morning, has, like, a nutritious breakfast. He wakes up really early, like, five in the morning. Okay. And he has a nutritious breakfast, and then he writes, 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 writes until lunchtime. Till about 12 o'clock. But the key is he does not stop writing until he's in the middle of like a really good paragraph. So after he has lunch, he can come back and pick up right where he leaves off. So he does never stop when he didn't ever stop when he had like a writer's block. He kept it in, like, a really interesting part. Interesting. And that's what kept his writing process going. And sometimes he wouldn't come back after lunch to write, but the next day, do the same thing and pick up right where he left off. That's cool. Scott O'Dell. Scott O'Dell. He's a good author. I've enjoyed a lot of his stuff. It was really fun. Black Pearl is great. Then I read Call It Courage, which is another one that... Uh, this one is a boy who he lived in, like, the South Pacific, which is closer to where we were. He lives, I think it was, like, in the 1700s or 18. I can't remember. Like, you know, before, like, the Western world had mm-hmm. come into society. And he's, you know, he's scared to go out in the ocean. And so he decides to face his fear. He takes a boat and goes off on an adventure, gets stranded on an island for a while, winds up surviving, and then makes his way back home. And, you know... Tales survival and courage, and he dives and catches fish, and it's it's great, good adventure. Then I read the K. These are all ones I've read before, by the way. I've read them multiple times. Yeah, you read them fast. Yeah, because I've read them before, and these are, I mean, they're like you know, young adult or kid books. I I love. There's adult books I like to read too. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but you know, why? why why? There's such good literature out there. Anyway. The K, which I've read this one probably four or five times before, but it is just a beautiful book. Have you read The K? I feel like I have. The the story is during World War II. There's a young boy. His parents like live in Curacao, which is like off the coast of uh, I want to say Venezuela. It's in the Caribbean. I want to go there. And during I saw World it War on II, the his parents are American, but the, his father works there, like kind of you know in the war effort. There's a refinery there, blah blah blah. 
So his mother, he and his mother, Ken and his mother wind up going out on a boat heading home to North America when their boat is torpedoed. He's lost at sea, like, you know, the lifeboats all get scattered. He winds up getting pulled onto a raft with one of the men who worked on the ship, who's an old black man from uh, one of the, I think St. Thomas, one of the other mm-hmm. Caribbean islands. Oh, I forgot to mention this. His mother is like totally racist. And so, you know, he's grown up disliking black people, right? Because mm-hmm. he sees them all around his island. So he winds up getting rescued by a black man. The two of them on this raft together. And they eventually make it to a, a little tiny island, a K, right? Mm-hmm. And have to survive together. And through the process, at first, he's like, just like, he can't believe he has to be stuck with someone like this. And through the process, he comes to realize that maybe he's been wrong about this all along Mm. and that Timothy, who's this man who rescued him and takes care of him and like is really good to him and patient with him, even though he says like horrible things to him, like eventually he comes around and I'm spoiling it a bit, but you know, he he, like loves him and respects him and it's well. And so another thing that happens is he, when he, when the explosion happens from the torpedo, he gets hit in the head and at first he like, he's got a lot of pain, but eventually he winds up going blind So he's a little boy is blind, stuck on the island with this man, and he takes care of him. And it is, like, if you can get through this book without crying, then you have a cold heart. Your heart is stuck. It's beautiful. And I'll just tell you one of my favorite lines from it, because when he's, like, you know, finally starting to realize that he this is just a person that cares about him, and it doesn't matter. He can't even see what he looks like anymore, right? So he starts Mm -hmm. to forget. And so... You know, he's, like, huddled on the, you know, they have, like, a little hut that they live on on the island, and they have to cuddle together because it's so cold, you know, and so they, they like, lay back to back, and he says some, I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of, you know, as we laid there and he, like, protected me from the storm, he didn't feel black in the darkness. Mm. He just felt like another person. Mm. And he realized, oh, gosh, it's just gorgeous. It's it, It's a beautiful thing that... I hope that somebody else will read it because it's just great. It's really great. It's great. It's good. And part of the reason I wanted to read it too, in addition to being stranded desert Island is I wasn't aware that the author actually wrote a follow-up book to it like 30 years later. And I picked up a copy of that. And so I'm reading that now. Yeah. By the way, um, we became friends of the smiley library (laughs) club. So, once a month, they have a sale where you just fill up a bag. How much is it? It's five bucks to fill up a bag of Five bucks. bucks to fill up a bag. They don't, like, even really care how big the bag is. And so now, right before the first Saturday of the month, Phil's always like, what are we doing? Um, can we go to the library cell? We got to get our money's worth. Now, I have been, though, each month taking a bag of books back, stuff that we've read or, you know, duplicate copies or things of that nature, stuff that we, the kids have outgrown. Mm -hmm. Not as much as we get. I mean, but mostly, almost. It's, it's great. You've gotten stuff for your school. I do get a lot for my classroom. There was one lady who kind of like stood in front of us in the kids' book section she wasn't even looking at what she was taking. I'm all, hello, we're standing right here. I mean, I didn't say that, but I <laughs> but just kind of told Luke, I'm all, grab whatever you want. Grab stuff. Yeah, people like, get, like, don't... aggressive at it. It's weird. And it's, like, 
Come I mean, on. Not all older people, but there's a lot of older folks oh. older than us that are very, like, they're throwing elbows and they get there early. Yes. Like, we've gotten there early and we're still, like, way back we've in line. never been first. No, I don't know what time those people get there, but it's earlier than I care to be there. So, there's, like, a whole tradition, like, we get there before it opens, we wait in line, Luke and I go to the kids' section, Audrey goes to the fantasy young adult, you go all over the place. Well, I help the kids first, because weirdly, that's, like, the part that gets picked through the quickest, Yeah, it does. And then Luke and I give you our stuff. Yeah, you guys peter out early. Audrey and, and then I are still we going go up strong. to the children's room, and Luke gets the book. He's currently reading whatever it may be. And then he and just reads, reads it. it. While Audrey and I finish And then up. we wait for you guys, and then, you know. And then we go get lunch. Of course. <laughs> because I always have a craving. Well, it also happens to be right <laughs> around the corner from the library. I mean, from the library. From the movie theater. Yeah, so sometimes so, like, we So this last there. time we went and saw Dungeons and Dragons afterwards. So, like... That's how you get me to get up early on a Saturday to go. Yeah, so you can go out to eat afterwards. Because you like to get there early and be... Well, if you're going to go, you have to go there early. doesn't matter, though. Like, well, I guess that lady was in front of us, so... Couldn't get too mad, but it was annoying. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's fiction books, and I'm so proud of you. You didn't mention anything but fiction books. So good job, and well, we're going on to the next section now. Well, it's time I did for use it. The Big Island un. No, it's I already ended unrevealed. it. Unrevealed. I already ended it. I already went into the thing. Just so you know, I do read. I already went to the thing. I it's read. Too late. All right, I'm going to the thing now. We're going to talk music. <laughs> And I did talk about nonfiction when I told you about Scott O'Dell's. Uh... No, but it was about the writing. Of <laughs> so that counts. Oh, that works. Okay. All right. We're in music now. You can't still be talking about fiction books. Now you're not allowed to talk about that. All right. So music. Just a couple of things that I want to mention. First of all, we had a new release come out this last week. I think we might have talked about it, but I don't think we'd actually like had it available for sale yet. I can't remember. But one way or another, our fourth vinyl release, Upside Down Rooms, TV Baby, is the name of the EP on 12-inch black vinyl record. It is fantastic. We just went to the post office this afternoon and shipped out 14 of them. Mm -hmm. People are snatching them up. We only have a few left at this point. So if you're interested... People and some of your groups are keeping track of how many you have They are, yes. So anyway, it's great. It's cool that we have vinyl releases to put out there. I already mentioned also that we're doing a Potbox Presents on the 15th, so don't forget about that. And uh, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to let everyone know that we had a new release out, and I wanted to do music. We haven't done it in a while. Well, the post office worker who was labeling your your vinyls was impressed. Yeah, I mean, just said it's cool. Ooh, Pop Fox music. Yeah, new record label, huh? Yeah. So, and I don't know how impressed, but you know, fourteen records is not like you know he's not overly talkative. I've no? ha- I've tried to get him to talk. So that was the most was I think he's lot. ever chatted with us. So he's nice, just quiet. Yeah, he's nice. He's just not a big talker. Yeah. So, 
And the funny thing is, there's a record label that I buy stuff from quite frequently who also buys out any record that I put out. So cause that's what I think what he noticed, because one of them is to Burnt Toast Vinyl, right. which is a record label. It's awesome that I bought a lot of stuff from, but he always buys my stuff, too. So so we wanted to know about that. I, I said that's what happens when you like records. You just wind up buying records from each other. So it's kind of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not a problem. Bringing this show. show to an end because it's time. We're like, oh, it's going to be a short one. Yeah. We have nothing to talk about. There's always so, something to talk so about. So little has happened. <laughs> There's always something. <laughs> well, we want to thank all of you amazing listeners for joining us. Thanks for being along on the ride. Thanks for uh, boosting us. Is that right? On Fountain? Yeah, but supporting, boosting. That's super I cool. I don't know what it is. We love it when you guys support us in any way that you want to. So feel free to reach out to us. Show at gmail.com. Let us know. Let us know, too. Like, if you've written to us and I haven't responded. We always respond. We always do. So for some reason, I haven't. Maybe send us a message at our Facebook page or something. Because the email, I've been getting a lot of spam email from um, our website, actually. I've been, like, messing around with the spam settings there. Because there's a contact form there that's, like, just keep sending... I don't know. Anyway, point is this. I have done a lot of mass deleting of stuff. I'm pretty sure that I caught anything that was legit. But if for some reason you've tried to write and I haven't, we haven't mentioned it on the show, please send us a message on our Facebook page, Mandarin Orange Show Facebook page, because I don't want anyone to think I'm ignoring you, because I'm not. Yes. I just, we've been dealing with some spam. Right. It's never happened before either. I don't know. For some reason, all of a sudden, all the spam got through, so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, thank you, dear listeners, for listening. Janelle, thank you so much for hosting on the couch with me. Always. And I think it's going to do anything else we need to, to, to check out. Anything else we need to say? I think we covered it all in our short show. All right. Well, then that's going to do it. So for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Janelle. And we talk so you don't have to.